Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Well, welcome everybody to the Women in White Coats. Um, and we are, I'm very, very excited today to be speaking with Dr. Shruti Tannen. And my name, before I introduce her, I just want to introduce myself as well. My name is Archana Shrestha, and I am um, one of the co-founders of Women in White Coats. I'm also one of the um, co-editors-in-chief of the Women in White Coats blog. And I'm so excited to be speaking with another author, um, Dr. Shruti Tannen, and she's also a plastic surgeon. So welcome on, Shruti. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and um, share a little bit more about you and tell people like what we're going to be discussing today. So Dr. Shruti Tannen is a board-certified um, plastic surgeon. She has an additional subspecialty certification in hand surgery by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Dr. Tannen has a unique perspective on the business of medicine with experience both in the academic and private, and private sectors. She began her career as faculty at a major academic medical center, followed by the successful launch of her private practice, Tannen Plastic Surgery in Raleigh, North Carolina. She spent years of um, advising colleagues in medicine, dentistry, and allied health sciences. And that inspired her to share her evidence-based approach to her new book, Pillars of Practice. And in that book, she basically discusses how to set up private practice. And that's one of the things that we're going to be discussing here today as we talk. Um, and I'm really excited to, to talk with you about that, Shruti, because that's, um, you know, we all go to med school. And I don't know what your experience was, but in med school, I learned zero <laughs> about Same. <laughs> what, it, what it takes to run um, a private practice, um, because it's essentially running a small business, right? And yes. um, I grew up with a mom who uh, is a family physician. She's now retired. However, I saw her running her private practice, yes. and I know there was a lot of behind the scenes going on. And just to get reimbursed, you know, scheduling, staffing, there's so much stuff going on and, um, you know, trying to grow your patient base and all of that. So I'd love to hear, you know, your share with everybody more about your story, your background, what led you to write this book. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, by the way. I appreciate what you're doing. It's important because like you said, we don't get this knowledge in medical school or dental school as some of your audience has been to. And it's imperative that we use what we can, you know, use all the resources we can so that we can be successful because you've done all this training. You've spent so much time and effort all your life, right? Being the A student, getting AOA or whatever the recognition is to try and set yourself up for success. And yet you open your doors and how do people know that you're there? And that's where 
that's why I was driven to write the book. You know, after leaving academics, I still had that desire to share and teach. And so I was taking my data as I was learning and pulling together resources. And so this book was born out of so many people have pulled me aside either at meetings or called me and said, how did you do it? And are you hiring? <laughs> you know, and it's, it just finally got to the point where I'm like, I need to share this with people. I need to, you know, nobody, of course, like you said, nobody teaches us how to do operations. You know, you, you know how to do surgical operations, but no one teaches you operational management of a business or finance um, or marketing. You know, how do you market yourself um, in a way that's authentic, that's true, but also helps people find you, right? Because um, when you order something on Amazon, it's the first thing you look at, reviews. How do your patients see you? Where's your social credibility? That I started building that from ground zero because I left behind 150 reviews when I left my whole practice. Yeah. Okay. I had zero well, reviews when I started, which is scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's such a different time now, right? Um, you know, my mom practiced many years ago and, you know, there was not, there wasn't, first of all, there wasn't the internet in the beginning. And second of all, just like reviews, you know, it's, it's such a different thing now. We also have to be aware of kind of the PR side of it too, right? Like yes. how people are perceiving us, what they're writing out there um, right. and that type of thing. So so, and now how many years have you been out in private practice? So I've been in private practice now over two years and I was in academics two years before that. So it's been half and half. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So then you basically had to kind of start from, you know, ground zero and, and you're in a practice all by yourself or do you have partners? Yes. That's a good question. So I am in a solo private practice, my business, it's just me. However, I do an office share. Um, because as a surgeon, I can't be in my clinic five days a week. So it doesn't make sense, at least financially for a solo private practice surgeon to mm -hmm. have an office open, you know, so it's, it's been really nice to have someone where when I'm in surgery, she's in clinic, when I'm in clinic, she's in surgery, like it's a really good pairing. Um, and, uh, and she's another female plastic surgeon who shares the space and we're very collegial and friendly. She's like a sister. Oh, Awesome. That works out great. So maybe we could break it down for people since you've got the academic side and then now mm -hmm. you're doing private practice, maybe compare and contrast what are the things that you've enjoyed about each side or maybe pros and cons. Um, so it's really tough to compare the two. I think it's um, because you find fulfillment differently. And I think it's important to find a place that nurtures you as a person and professionally. And so it's so much about the support, right? Like you've probably read the same studies I have where you look at your stress level in physician training and as a, yeah, you're smiling. I think you've read the same JAMA paper where like it's, it gets really high when you're like a third year med student and then it gets super much higher when you're an intern and then it peaks again your first year, your chief resident year and then your first year as an attending. Um, and so I definitely felt like I went through that, you know, and it was really nice to be surrounded by very collegial, uh, very supportive um, academic colleagues at the beginning of my practice, uh, which I thought was where I was going to land and stay. And then family circumstances changed for me. And I think you have to always be willing to say, what's my one-year plan, my two-year plan, my five-year plan? That goes for both your marketing and your website, but it also goes for you in your career. And so um, we got to the point where family circumstances sort of led us in a situation of that schedule that was not tenable for the family circumstances in my life. And so we ended up moving to be closer to my parents in Raleigh um, because the commute was too much. And then that has been probably one of the greatest gifts because it's just changed. You know, it's allowed me to prosper in ways that I used to, I, I never thought 
that I would be a solo private practice plastic surgeon. My dad does solo private practice internal medicine. And he'd always joke when I was in med school, oh, you're going to med school so you can join me. And I was like, over my dead body, dad. <laughs> so I, and then the irony is here I am doing this and I couldn't be happier. You know, yes, I'm my own boss, but that comes with it. That means I'm also in charge of everything for better, for worse. And so it's not for everyone, but you know, you, I think have to decide, right. Just like when you're deciding where you want to do your residency, what's more important is the location or the people or the whatever. And so the same thing in your field and finding outlets, like this is a great outlet for me because I will be the first to admit I miss teaching my residents. They were wonderful. I had a great group of residents and I miss them. I miss engaging with them on a daily basis. But that said, everyone around me is stuck listening to my teaching, <laughs> my scrub tech. I'm like, did you see this anatomical? This is so cool. You know? So she's like, yes, Dr. Tannen, that is fabulous. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I think it's important to just find what fits you. And sometimes what fits you is different at different points in your life. Yes, absolutely. I think especially, you know, as family circumstances change, maybe we get married, we have kids, um, different things are going on for our families, different elder care. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, yeah, elder care. So many different things are going on. Our lives are changing. Our lives are changing. Right. And totally. that was uh, definitely a big thing for me. I'm an emergency physician. So, you know, when I chose emergency medicine, I did not. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. <laughs> and now that I am married and have kids like, you know, what I'd like my ideal schedule to be is different, you know? And so mm -hmm. um, luckily I have some flexibility with that. But so, yeah, so it sounds like for you, um, choosing to go into private practice um, had a lot to do with family circumstances. Also maybe having more control over your schedule and maybe mm -hmm. more control about how you set up things. So, so walk us through, what was the experience like setting up private practice? What kind of things did you, you know, roadblocks maybe that you sure. ran into, or maybe also things you, you were just surprised by? Yes, that's it. I think that's a, a nice big question to unpack. So I'm going to kind of unpack it in pieces. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I felt like in the beginning, I was, you know, I would encourage anyone who's going to do this or who's thinking about it. Um, when you're in that pre-contemplative phase, Google yourself and see what comes up because that's what your patients are going to be doing. They're going to be Googling you before they come to see you. And if your high school science fair project is the first most is, you know, the number one ranking, that, that's probably not good. Or maybe your presentation on some, like some topic that you're like really esoteric. That's what everyone's going to know you for. So I think in the beginning, it's important to take control of your branding, your personal, like what, what is seen online of you? What's your online messaging? And so the easiest, simplest way to do that is with website. Um, and depending on whether you're employed, whether you're in an academic practice, you know, you have to, or versus your, your own, like I am, you have different restrictions on that. So I think it's important to obviously check your contracts and make sure you're um, deciding whether or not you're going to do something and then uh, get slapped on the wrist later. You're going to ask for permission first. You decide. But that's something I strongly recommend is controlling your message um, through a website. And so then that website, which you fill with um, very relevant content that um, has lots of uh, searchable terms and um, keyword rich content that will help elevate your website so that that becomes... Google recognizes, right? Like it has an algorithm. So it recognizes through its proprietary trade secret ways. Okay, this is really relevant topic. Um, she really describes breast augmentation in a way that people want to see. Everyone who stays on her page stays on it for about three minutes. This is clearly valuable. So we should elevate this in the ranking. So that kind of thing. Um, control your message, control your brand. Um, and then the other thing that was surprising to me was the reviews. I was so sad to find out that all of my, you know, hard work for the last two years was all in 
contained in these um, internal surveys. And so that died as soon as my existence from that institution was gone. And so um, that was disappointing to say the least. <laughs> and, um, and now what I encourage people who are start, starting out on their own is to ask anyone in anyone who can speak to your professionalism. So whether it's co-residents, whether it's former faculty, whether it's, and it's so as a surgeon, I work with anesthesi anesthesiologists a lot and so, and CRNAs. And so I'd ask them, cause they could, they were there. They know what I'm like under times of pressure versus my bedside manner, you know? So I think having people who can speak to your professionalism, write reviews that are honest and authentic helps as you're trying to build social credibility until your patients feel comfortable doing that. Um, and then, and making that a regular part of the fabric of your practice. And rather than going all in on one thing, like the internal website, um, I would recommend you diversify your portfolio, just like you do your finance portfolio. You should get reviews on Google, HealthGrades, Vitals, WebMD, whatever other, just lots of different sources, rather than just your internal survey system that your employee practice or your academic group or whatever might use. We hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever felt like you've achieved career success as a doctor, but you're not happy? Like you sacrificed so much to arrive at the promised land, but then you look around and you think, is this it? Maybe you're going through things that your male colleagues just don't get that even though you wear a white coat, people don't realize you are a doctor at all. It can be exhausting. Well, we get you and we know what you are going through. I'm Dr. Archana. And I'm Dr. Amber. And that's why we created a conference specifically to uplift women doctors like you. It's time for you to relax, grow, and connect with women doctors at our second annual Women in White Coats Conference and Wellness Retreat from April 30th to May 2nd, 2020. Join us for this three-day retreat at the gorgeous Chateau Alain Winery and Resort just outside of Atlanta. Relax over yoga and meditation, grow by listening to CME presentations, and connect with other positive women doctors over wine and dinner. And you'll return home feeling rested, rejuvenated, and with the skills to have a fulfilling career as a woman in a white coat. To register, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash events. We can't wait to see you at the conference. And then I think it's also important to have a robust ad campaign because it's important to understand like what is, who are my audience and how do I reach them, right? Because in the beginning, they're not going to find you through organic search. They're not going to Google and then your name's going to come up. So to drive people to your site, you need to have a, an ad campaign that makes sense. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means that if you think about, so just use some common sense, but there's a lot of literature out there, including my book. But one of the, if you think about it, okay, are your grandparents on Instagram or are they on Facebook? They're more likely to be on Facebook. So if I'm thinking about trying to target someone, for example, for a facelift, I'm not going to like blow up Instagram with ads because my facelift patients aren't all over Instagram. Instead, they're more likely to be on Facebook. So that's where I'm going to target or Google, like that kind of thing. Um, so using just some of those versus if my target is the millennial moms, then perhaps I should do Instagram and Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. and then writing ads that are um, targeted and like from a, you know, geographic and, and changing and updating, not too quickly analyzing your ads, like all of that stuff takes time to learn. Um, and so utilizing, there are lots of great resources out there. And I think that that's, that's been a, a, in large part, 
what I can attribute my success to is pivoting and saying, okay, this is working. This isn't working. Why isn't it working? Is it because the ad is poorly targeted or it's on the wrong platform? or I don't have enough content on that platform. So being smart about my um, content strategy. And that was something that I learned as well, because of course we didn't learn this in med school. So people ask me, how do I decide what I'm going to write on my website. I mean, this is like really daunting. Can't I just get a marketing person to do that? I'm like, no, you can't because they don't know what's in your brain as a doctor, right? But I literally think of it as patient education. I'm, think, I'm thinking, okay, when I'm sitting there, and for me, it's in my office. For you, it's in the ER, right? Like I'm sitting there, what are the common questions that I get asked? Um, with respect to breast augmentation, it's should I have my implants above or below the muscle? Can I breastfeed with implants? Can, like all this, you know, uh, where are the scars going to be? What are the risks? So thinking of the questions that I answer and then sitting down and writing them in a way that is both accessible, but at the same time, not so like, you know, something that's generalizable to most people. I don't want people to feel left out when certain things don't apply to them, you know? Um, and so I literally, I have written my website and blog posts as a resource for my patients. I'm constantly saying, listen, you're going to forget. We've been talking for an hour. You're going to remember about 10% of what I say. And so go back to my website because I wrote it and that's where you'll find the answers to a lot of the questions. That's wonderful. It's great that you are, you know, committed to educating them. And, and that's essentially what it, it comes down to, right? Um, in building yes. our practice, it's really about patient care and educating them. And it's, it's such an interesting, different time now, you know, where we have to really be aware of our reputation out there online and um, especially in private practice, how we're going to draw people in and utilizing, um, you know, the internet and what, you know, social media, everything to control the message. I, I think that's a really, really interesting point. So uh, with regards to, so with your book, um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I look sure. forward to reading it. But um, what are some of the other main topics that you hit on? I know you kind of talked about kind of like the marketing and your mm -hmm. reputation and, and kind of how people can hear about you. What are some of the other things that you kind of discuss in the book and people can look forward to reading? That's a good question. So one of the things that was really frustrating to me um, when I was trying to embark on this process is I go to talks, I go to meetings and I'm like, all right, so this person's going to give a talk on marketing my practice. Let me go to it. And I'm going to learn everything I need to know in 15 minutes. It's not possible. Right. So I wrote my book as literally with my co-authors, another plastic surgeon, Karen Horton, who's a leader in the field. And then, um, and also with my husband actually, because of his background and um, as a, in computer science and engineering, it has my book has the details, the details that nobody tells you. So literally all of that research that we did and started putting together also has our data. So we did this and pivoted and this is the difference that was made and it was positive or it was negative. So we went in this direction. You know, how do you write an ad? What are the things like, how do you make it so it shows up on the line? And then how do you, so I'll give you an example. Like when you're trying to analyze my cost for conversion, um, if I'm going to bid on the word Botox, the cost per conversion for that in Raleigh is like over $200. That is not worth it. It is not worth it to bid and, and do ads on Botox. Um, when you think about the margin and the, you know, and the amount of effort and money that you're spending on just that ad, because you're competing with people who are not, are just you're competing with all sorts, like everything, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not just competing with other plastic surgeons, competing with plastic surgeons and competing with nurse practitioners who are injecting with like estheticians, just not to mention, you know, a lot of other um, specialties will inject Botox as well. So it just, so when you're kind of saying, why well, I feel like I'm wasting all this money on the marketing, you know, instead say, how, how can I, 
how can I really be thoughtful and efficient and measured in what I do and do this on a bootstrap budget? So that, those details and how do I write a website? You know, what's it, what's my domain authority? What is a domain authority? Um, how do I host a website? Like all of those things, which are no fun to talk about in a YouTube video. There's so many more fun things we can talk about. Right. But I need to have that somewhere. And um, because I had to piecemeal it, I wanted it together in a book. And that's what this is. Awesome. Awesome. That is so, um, I'm, I'm glad you put that together. I'm sure it's going to be so incredibly helpful for people who are out there setting up private practice. Is it, is it a book geared mostly towards people in um, plastic surgeries or, you know, surgical subspecialties, or is it generalizable to all specialties? Great question. Actually, general, I, it's generalizable, not just to plastic, like not just even folks in medicine or mm -hmm. physicians, but also dentists, because they have a lot of the unique problems that people who are physicians who are trying to market themselves, even employed physicians, because I think it's important to recognize like whether you like it or not, the internet is where people are getting information about you. And if you don't exist on the internet, they won't know you from Adam. And it's so, so even if you are in, in academics, I think having a strong Instagram or Facebook profile will give you a lot of leverage when you're giving talks at meetings, you know, or when you're being invited because you've, um, when you're being invited for opportunities like this, because again, people need to be able to find you. They need to be able to get a sense that this person has some credibility in our world, which is currency in our world. Um, so it's not just geared toward the new graduates. It's also geared towards someone who's been in practice for five to 10 years and feels like they're on a hamster wheel and they're just working to pay for their marketing. And it, you can do it yourself. I did. Um, and I'm a surgeon. Like, I don't know any of that stuff, but you know, I taught myself and now I've reached a point where I'm busy enough clinically. So my marketing has worked right. And I'm busy enough clinically that I've been able to offload parts of it. There's still, because it's me, I like to have control over it, but I will offload parts of it that are on the regular and on the daily to other people, but still the content is in my hands. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Shruti, this was really great, really informative. Um, if you can maybe tell people where they can get your book, um, that would be great. Or maybe hear more about you and what you're up to. That would be great if you want to also share your um, social media handles as well. Certainly. So if um, you go to www.tannonmd.com and then go to the drop down menu and you'll see Pillars of Practice. That's the name of our book. Uh, but you can also Google Tannin Plastic Surgery Pillars of Practice, which is the title. And that'll bring you to an excerpt, my introduction. And then um, it's available. It's an ebook. So it's available on, for example, uh, Amazon Kindle, iBooks, um, Nook, things like that. So you can just pull it up on your e reader. Uh, and I can also email you the link to Archana. And oh, then awesome. in turn, for sure. Um, and then you asked a second part to it. What I'm up to now, is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Your social, like how people can find oh, you. Oh, my handles. Media. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, and also on my website, it has all my social media handles, but it's Tannen MD. So that's spelled T-A-N-N-A-N-M-D. So that's my Twitter. That's my Facebook. That's my Instagram. Makes it easy. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk. It was wonderful chatting with you and um, we'll talk soon. Take care. Same. Thank you for having me. I love that you do this. I think it's important because we all have so much to share and it's nice to be able to do it with each other in a very accessible way. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. 
If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.